Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 97. We're a pop culture podcast that talks about pop culture things. There's a lot of popping in there. Uh, and Say that like 10 times fast. <laughs> I know. I feel like I, I definitely said pop too many times in there somewhere. <laughs> Popcast on the Rocks. Pop. We talk about pop culture things. And sometimes there's whiskey. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> My name is John. That lady over there that's popping is Andrea, <laughs> as always. Uh, oh my God, I've open. never received such a compliment. I'm just over here popping. <laughs> <laughs> you be popping. And uh, and then we also have returning guest, Emily. Welcome. Yay. Hello. Hi. I feel like your background is it's it's whimsical in a way. That's what that's what I'm going for. Little little nice. whimsy. Uh, icy cold day. A little pop of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> way to work pop in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be talking today about Raised by Wolves season two, uh, episodes five and six. We'll get there later. So if you are not caught up on that, don't worry about that at the moment. We'll get there and then we'll be full on spoilers when we do. Before that, uh, a couple news stories, and I think there's some drink holidays, Andrew. You got a lot listed here. Yeah, I was going to say, you think there's some? There's quite a few. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even list all I could have. Um, so bringing you back to the end of February, because um, we had our last show before the end of the month, uh, February 27th was both National Kahlua Day and my personal favorite national body shot day because why not mm -hmm. why not throw it back make yourself feel young again do a body shot see if you mm -hmm. can find someone um <laughs> you hey how about you you want to uh, you want to it's shot? a national holiday yeah, got to yeah. do it <laughs> um so yeah so that was uh you know if you wanted to celebrate the end of the shortest month that's the way to do it. National Body Shot and National Kahlua Day. Well, I'm expecting uh, Chris to come in here, Andrea, now. And, uh, he he does need happen. to come in here to give me my phone back, so I'll just, you know, quick okay. throw him down. Right <laughs> this is for the podcast, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're, uh, yeah, so that was the, the way to celebrate the end of February. If you're into celebrating the first of this month, March, uh, the first day was Mardi Gras. 2022 and then march 2nd was international irish whiskey day which nice. obviously also one of my favorite days mm -hmm. so that is so why i'm celebrating drinking? i'm celebrating by drinking a whiskey sour oh no oh man i would have been out of so much money if uh, i pre-show i i was telling everybody that you know i I would place money on what Andrea is drinking tonight. Ooh, and what did you think I was drinking? I thought it would just be a whiskey ginger. Mm -hmm. Such Ooh, a classic, such a close. staple. I feel like, yep. yeah, close, close. <sighs> no, I felt like I felt like throwing it all the way back. Okay, all right. To to well, what I used to drink in college. So, so how many? We got everybody has to answer this, of course. How many body shots have you taken? slash gotten is that mm. way to look at it gotten so is it gotten if they drink off of you yeah right mm. i don't know if that's the proper way to say it but i 
I want to say somewhere in the like six-ish range. Wow, that you've you've okay that you've you've been the vessel that I've been the vessel taken. for. Which which was which one is six? I I was comboing both. Oh oh, gotcha. Mm. Okay, all right, combined. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I would say like five of those six have probably been at like bachelorette parties. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. you do like the bachelorette like scavenger hunt or like things you got to do. You know, like things you got to complete throughout the night whatever kind of cards you get or whatever. So, yeah. I'm going to say well, five of the six are those. If I was at a bachelorette party and that was part of the thing, I'd be sure to get that done first before everybody is like running around getting all dingy and sweaty <laughs> and stuff. Like, get that nice. out of the way. Yeah. Nice. And before no, you're all strategy. sticky with yeah. all of the other body shots and the flavors yeah. are mixing, yeah. <laughs> like you want it you pure. Be the first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See... Yeah, there, there's like a fine line, I think, where are you doing it just within like the bachelorette group? Like, or are you like out at a bar and you got to find some person? Ooh, because yeah. I would want to be super drunk if I had to find a rando because I'd because then I could like do it and not think too hard about it. If I was sober and had to think about where someone else's body might have been, then I don't know. <laughs> That's also true. But I would I would trust like my fellow bachelorette party years, you know, and I could probably do that sober. Okay. Okay. Yes. There's How my about logic. You, Emily? Yeah. <laughs> I I have only ever been the I guess the 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 vessel in that. Um, I've never taken a shot off of anybody else, but maybe like two or three times oh. been been the shot. Okay. Sure. Nice. Uh, you gotta you gotta flip it around, you know. Goals for tonight. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Night is young. Yeah. <laughs> <For> Shane. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everybody I, I grab think, your partner. I can't remember. I feel like <laughs> I've been the vessel for a body shot, but I can't remember. I probably wasn't in my best state of mind when it happened, but I, um, I feel like I've been there for that. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like this is a truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh and I've, I've i know i've taken two mm -hmm. at least two sure so. it's not a common thing at bachelor parties so yeah <laughs> I, maybe I that buy needs that. to change you know i don't know <laughs> but you guys are just less trusting of each other <laughs> more hair you know mm -hmm. i true, think true that's, that's what a barrier makes it worse yeah no that's a barrier for sure <laughs> literally Men and mentally, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Emily, um, what do, what do you have for a beverage? I saw you had something to drink. Yeah, it's very exciting. I have lemon sparkly water. Um, nice. I thought about having a, a beverage, and I was really excited because I've been I've been treating myself occasionally to a cocktail, um, mm -hmm. but but heartburn has been a whole thing, so oh, okay, I, had to, yeah. I had to hold Girl. off on it tonight. Till the sparklies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can see that being bad. I was just talking to my sister kind of about that because she gets really bad heartburn regardless. Mm -hmm. um, so she's like, that oh, my sucks. God, how bad would it be? So. Yeah, well, yeah, I, uh, I I had that as well, and I am I am very sorry. I, I am thankful to report that at least for me, it went away. So 
There's I had light. never, never had any like prior Same. to pregnancy. And so Same. it was like the first time I was like, oh my gosh, what is this horrible feeling? <laughs> I know. And, I'm, and I know. I'm a doctor. Like I talk to people about this all the time. So it was, it was probably good for me yeah. to experience. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you'll really know oh, and yeah. have the empathy. Yeah. No, Chris just laughed at me because he has heartburn. So when I, I was like, what is this feeling? And I sounded like some sort of Disney character that was like trying mm-hmm. to break into song. What is the feeling? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> like, usually that's a feeling of like love. I mean, I guess a warming sensation. I know. know I know. This is fluttering. Yeah. 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 Right. I could write a whole song about it and it would be just so like unexpected because the twist is it's not love. It's heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, uh, I like to hear that. It's our someday. new theme song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I understand. It's always those new things or whatever. I don't get heartburn much, mm-hmm. but the first time it's like, yeah, what the hell is going on? So, mm-hmm. um, well, I am drinking, uh, the drink I thought Andrea was drinking, uh, <laughs> whiskey ginger. I thought for sure we come on here. John's be, giving me such buddies. hard eyes through the screen. <laughs> so no, do you, you do ginger ale or ginger beer? Ginger this is ale. ginger ale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, uh, it's a mule all of a sudden, an Irish mm-hmm. mule. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that too. I just was trying to match Andrea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a what a waste. What a what waste. A waste. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, let's talk about what we've been up to um, these mm-hmm. past uh, past week or past weeks, a little bit entertainment wise. Uh, we'll start with our guest, Emily. What's What's been going on? So the only thing really that I have gotten into in the last week, because it's been really busy, was that I got to go see the new Batman movie. Um, but I, but I, you know, I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. <laughs> um, so, I, but but I, I did really enjoy it. Okay. How does it rank in the pantheon of Batman? I mean, is great question. At least in the, is it in the upper echelon or the, I would put it in the upper echelon. I really liked, um, um, Robert Pattinson as, as Batman. And so I thought he brought a whole more like emo moody kind of different vibe to Batman that I really liked. Okay. Okay. So here's here's my question because we've talked about this before, and we have mm-hmm. very specific thoughts on who makes a good Batman and who makes a good Bruce Wayne. Does Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson do better as Batman or Bruce Wayne? I think or he does fantastic equal? at both. And what I was really surprised by was okay. when all you see is his jaw, like he's just got a gorgeous jaw. Mm. It's just beautiful. Okay. That's that should be part of the casting. It I said this be. when they did George uh, Clooney, just... you know, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. People, and, and well, the other guy. People had Affleck. very, very, very strong. Yeah, I was going to say, people had very strong thoughts when Affleck was cast mm. because he's got the butt chin and, like, yep. you're only staring, no. when he's Batman, you're only staring at the lower half of his face. So that has yeah. to be a thing. Some yeah. people I like that. Have, but... I wouldn't have thought that looking just at Rob, like, at, at his face as a whole. And then when I saw him in the mask, I was like, oh, yeah, he's got it. Like they might have cast him just for that it's perfect jawline. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. okay. He's got a really flat face, which is always the weirdest yeah. thing. Like you don't see many pictures of him from the side, because mm-hmm. if you do, it's like I always joked he's hitting the sh- 
face with a shovel really hard because he's just like <laughs> squashed. Yeah. But that's kind of perfect for the cape and cowl too. Like yeah. that's a, it doesn't matter. That's all filled in and whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, our pads. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm hopefully yes. seeing it. Uh, I'm hoping to go if the weather's okay tomorrow afternoon. So, okay. but yep. we'll see. Yep. I'm, I'm hoping to go this week as well. Cause obviously like, this is huge. I definitely got to go see it. I'm super excited, but yeah. Yeah. Just curious. Like, like I said, we have very distinct thoughts about who makes a good Batman and who makes a good Bruce Wayne, because I think mm-hmm. there are actors who definitely do better at one over the other. Yes, for sure. I'll be curious to hear what you guys think. Cause I, I would put it up at the, at the top end of my, my Batman rankings, both for the movie like and for the top? actor. I don't know if I would put it top top, but I would, but it would definitely be up there. Okay, okay, that's fair. I was just curious if it was gonna like vault all the way to number one. It might, but the the thing my hold up is that my very favorite Batman is the like Adam West classic mm. campy seventies, and oh, I love so it, great. and it's so <laughs> cheesy and campy, and the pals and like so that's my favorite, even though like okay. I, like, you know, maybe not the most cinematically or um, (laughs) character rich or favorite favorite doesn't always have to do with that though. You know what I mean? Favorite is sometimes like your feeling just like the enjoyment and the, just like the, the settling in of like, Oh, I just love this. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect for there to be love. Have you ever seen my high school renditions of Batman? It's no. heavily based on yes. Adam West. Yeah, Andrea has. Okay. Time, yeah. yeah, I need to see this. Yeah. I am. We, uh, we need to have like a cinematic screening night where John just like screens for us all of his, his classic high school oeuvre of work. Hmm. That would be <laughs> yeah. John's like, I'm Is this going to be a John's oeuvre night? Yeah. That's just, yes. Uh, yes. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about this. Well, going on to a comment in the chat, <laughs> I am Ramuro says, uh, if you want to kill Batman, just snipe him in his jaw. That is true. Mm. Um, is I always fun. wonder that no one ever aims for his face. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a bad spot. It's like a button. You know, when, when you huh. see, watch fighters, often people hit in the jaw and they drop. Mm-hmm. So you keep your, yep. you know, keep your chin down. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, it's a bad, uh, it is. It is like a fatal Bad flaw. design. Mm-hmm. Batman's jaw, the fatal flaw. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just making up more songs tonight. <laughs> there's definitely. Uh, I mean, a lot of people don't consider that when these things were first started. There's a lot less thought into it, like in the yeah. way we expect them to be thought about now. You know, with Batman or or Spider-Man, you look at Stanley or whatever. Stanley, genius, but obviously he was like, well, you know spider guy okay you know and there's it doesn't have to be so precise oh, the fantastic four of course gamma race you know just all these things you can just make up for explaining why um you know why a superhero is what they are why they do and it expands and grows over time and we mm-hmm. expect more answers over time um so yeah maybe maybe batman should have fully masked up a long time ago or something right but no. well he does um, if we're if we're gonna get into like cartoon TV Batman, Batman Beyond, he does. It's full on. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, there's an evolution right there. Mm-hmm. Just saying. That's true. Yeah. So, um, Bruce Alan, Wayne clearly like thought about it and was like, mm, yeah, probably should probably should have him go like full bore, full on. Alan posting my personal YouTube in the, the chat here. Yeah. Nope. Don't click on it. Don't look. Well, yes, I'm excited. That will stop me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Andrea, how about you? Yeah, it's been kind of an eclectic week for me. Um, I yeah, there it is. Alan just posted the the shot of Batman Beyond. Oh, I love that costume. That's that's possibly one of my absolute favorites. It just I I love the whole premise of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, back to my my eclectic week. I've watched a bunch of different stuff. Um, at various times, I finished out Peacemaker and. Mm-hmm. Definitely have to say I really grew to love the series. Um, I think it's I think its big fault is a very slow start to the series in terms of like why you should care about it. Like the action isn't slow to start and like the premise isn't slow to start, but the why do I care and the real hook setting and emotional tie for the audience comes at least halfway through the season, which is pretty late, if you ask me. So if people can't get through, like, those first couple, I do not blame them. But if you can, it does get really good. And the payoff, I think, is worth it. So, Well, Emily, you've been uh, watching Peacemaker as well. Yeah. So I was going to say, I, I felt the same way. Like, it did it did take a while, but then I felt like the, the – you. If you, if you stick with it, then the character development gets so more much more mm-hmm. interesting and the themes come through and you see all of this yep. like trauma and mm-hmm. all of all of these more nuanced character things that I think they maybe took a few too many episodes to hammer home like the the, mm-hmm. the beginning you know of, of the character before letting you see them evolve. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I really I, enjoyed the Peacemaker series. Yeah, so did you finish almost, it up yet now, Andrea? I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I almost think, um, I, I'm pretty sure James Gunn directed like the first few and then came back to direct the last one or write the last one. I can't, I can't remember if it was, okay. he wrote them or directed them. But I think, I think they maybe should have like limited him in the beginning. Because <laughs> I, think, I think that was like some influence there. Like he was just like too still into his like, you know, like, let's do like a bunch of shock and awe and like just crazy off the wall stuff. And it was like, yeah, okay, we got that. Like we need the characters now. And and Mm -hmm. it just carried on like one episode too many. So, so before we move from the comic book topic, I want to use the opportunity to address uh, our viewers question here. He asks, I am a mural asks, who'd want to go if, uh, both universes collide, Marvel versus DC. Who do you think would win? Um, yeah, Marvel versus DC. With what you're familiar with, comic book wise, um, use movies for reference if you want. What who what universe is? Uh, I assume we're talking here in like some sort of battle, battle. royale, right? Yeah, I feel like they haven't had in the at least in the more modern or like the cinematic DC universe, any of the like multiverse 
world ending sorts of like they're not proven yet yes i feel like in that way marvel would win because they've like destroyed the universe and Mm -hmm. rebuilt it so yeah so we're talking cinematic universes right that's that's Mm -hmm. a fair point you know yeah i mean justice league had steppenwolf and like the whole like alien invasion there but mm-hmm. it, it's just it, it just it, that's only one it feels like the avengers in particular have had mm-hmm. so many you know world ending crises um and i mean yeah like they did go through the end of the world and like figured out a way to pull it back around so yeah yeah i would say i would say marvel is the more you know battle tested universe right now <laughs> Yeah, when, when I like if they, I bring it to the comic yell book, together better as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, they won the battle of the box office. <laughs> they won yeah. that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that it's I think it's too tough to say because they're so they always offer an analogous option on the other side. They mm-hmm. always copy each other's hero and villains and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, you have, sure, you have Doctor Strange in Marvel, but then you have Doctor Fate in DC. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure, you have uh, Superman in DC, but you have, like, Captain Marvel in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Um, You, you, like, there's always, uh, they always have a a pairing in a way. You know, Batman in DC, Moon Knight in Marvel, like just right. so. Or that would slash be my... kind of Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. The, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I, I um, think that it's uh, I think maybe DC, because they have some really weird far out characters. Um, But, you know, Marvel has I, to share them, too. So I feel like so what I feel like it, um would be very different answering this question as like a comic book reader versus like a strictly like TV or movie viewer because the comics you're introduced to so many more characters right now Marvel has a whole roster of characters that you've been introduced to via their television and movie you know mediums whereas like DC is only starting to ramp up so right now it feels like Marvel has so many different characters you'd be like oh my god you know, there, there's like sheer numbers of, you know, and different groups that I could name that they could come to this battle. And if you'd only ever seen um, like DC TV mm. or movies, you'd be like, well, there's not as many of them. Like, you know, do you know, yeah. do you know what I'm kind of driving at here? Like Marvel's had so much more time to like introduce you to like a whole breadth of characters Whereas like DC, I feel like it's still getting its legs. It definitely varies if you're talking about the cinematic renditions or just like what's in existence in these written works. Right, exactly. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm trying to, I guess, drive home at. Cause like Mm -hmm. obviously DC is coming out with a whole new roster this year. You know, we're going to be introduced to so many more different characters, but they haven't had that. So yeah, if you had just seen like the movies, you'd think Marvel would win. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, what I'm was kind of bringing up here is, uh, is the idea that you have to incorporate like the, the other, you know, like you talk Marvel, we're talking multiverses, you know, way out mm-hmm. in space. DC has that too, like Superman's home planet, 
all these right. different, you know, so not just your heroes here on earth. Like if we're talking what's mm -hmm. in existence in the universe, there's mm -hmm. some pretty filled out stuff in mm -hmm. each. So it's, yeah, it would, it would, uh, it would challenge for you. I am Ramiro bring us a spreadsheet of like head, head to head battles. Oh, God, and how it's all gonna come down. It would be a lifetime of work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, sorry for the the sidetrack there. What oh. what else is uh what else is going on in your week? Um yeah, speaking of kind of strange and fantastic heroes, uh I got back into gargoyles. Um I was looking I was uh sadly um looking after my babes and who's been a little bit sick this week. So we Aww. were looking for some TV to watch, and obviously I wasn't really like into showing her, you know, Peacemaker, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> Um, so I was like, what, what's a little more toned down, but still something I want to watch. So we, we got back into gargoyles, which yeah. I just, uh, I love, can't say enough good things about, um, watched that. Then I kind of bopped on over to Amazon, uh, to check out a few new episodes of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel season four, which is really picking up steam and getting good again. Um, I watched a little bit of kind of like you know, check out TV, kind of background noise TV. Uh, Netflix has a great series called Explained. And it's just kind of fun little 20-minute episodes that dive into like a different topic. Like we we just watched, um, you know, following the development of the game of chess. Um, mm. Yeah, th that was that was a very interesting one for me because, of course, there were like several references like to – famous figures like Bobby Fischer or obviously now to like Netflix's recent series, the queen's gambit. Um, oh, yeah. And apparently chess has become like the most downloaded game in 2021. So I was like what? Sh shocked by that. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember exactly how they phrased it. It was like some, maybe it was like the most growth in downloads or. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't remember. They're actually but including it was, it was auto crazy. chess battler games. Yeah, like, they're concluding something's it was, not really chess. It was it was something crazy like they, But I mean, they were like showing, you know, they intro the episode by being like movies, you know, video games, um, audio books, like, you know, they were like describing all these different kinds of media. And they were like, guess what actually was the most popular thing in 2021? And it was like chess. Um, so I don't remember exactly how they phrased it, but it just. Shocked the hell out of me. So that was very. Yeah. Let me see. Great opening. Data. Let me see this study here. <laughs> I mean, it pulled me in to be like, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. So, yeah. So I've been watching Explained. Uh, I do love that show. It's just kind of like a fun little check in to learn about a different topic. Yeah. Um, of course, watched Raised by Wolves the next couple of episodes. Um, and then I finished the book I'd started last week, Malibu Rising by Taylor oh. Jenkins Reid. Excellent book. Not quite as good, I think, as her novel that was like lucid based on, um, I did it again in my brain. I, tr I tried to think of Fleetwood Mac and I thought of Nickelback. Jesus. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I do this every time. I freeze. Rhyme. Yeah. Uh, um, but still, still a solid entry in her roster. So I would, I would recommend it's a, it's a very good, beach read so is nickelback as terrible as everyone says <laughs> <laughs> i oh, mean i know God. it's the butt John, of the joke you're just like for... coming out with the hard hits tonight <laughs> 
Well, yeah, Man, right? Okay. Who sure. wins Marvel versus DC? Is Nickelback well, good or I bad? Like, that's that. <laughs> Um, John, man, I think I need another drink for this. Um, <laughs> I, I personally do not think they're as bad as everybody says they are. I mean, first of all, like they—I mean, they would be like poor. Nobody would have heard of them. Like, yeah, their tickets have go to be for buying their... crazy amounts of money. Yes. Yeah, the fact that people we all know them means albums. they're not that bad. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like a joke, and, and I don't think they're like, you know, some brilliant genius, you know, I don't know, like upper echelon of, of music. But, I mean, they're fine. They're fine. They've got some catchy good ones. Not gonna lie, they were they were very appropriately emo for like the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, and they had that hero song. <laughs> was that them? That was them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it was very appropriate. I. I mean, you know, they they do some good stuff. Okay. But yeah. Are so they... I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. I, I I was like, I it's fun. It's fun. We all get to dogpile in this one group. Okay. I get right. it. You know this cultural thing, but uh, it. I think it's it's a little unfair yeah i mean it, it was like funny for a while for everybody to be like oh nickelback's terrible but like they're fine they're i good. just saw a meme that was like a guy from nickelback going to the jukebox and everybody's there like stop him you know don't let him pick it yeah so. <laughs> oh Anyways, this is the thing that's going to be clipped it's going to catch fire on the internet because like oh my god look at these these blasphemers uh, I noticed I'm the Going only one against the culture opinion, here. So jump in, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I I agree. I agree. So. Um. Well, this week I've been into a lot of anime again. Um, mm-hmm. into uh, Sabikui Bisco, and watch episode four and five of that. I'm still not obsessed with that yet. It's okay. just okay. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep going on or not. It's like just not invested in enough of the characters, maybe. Sure. Um, my Dress Up Darling, episodes five and six. So we're caught up on the latest of the English ones um, that uh, we have available. Mm-hmm. That's still good. Um, the character growth is happening at a nice pace and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's been enjoyable. Um we got a new follow um, or a chat, new chat here. Oh, yeah, follow. Thank you for the follow. Fran, Francesca. I like that. It's a nice name. So, um, and then we just started and kind of powered through a number of episodes of Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. Have you seen this at all, Andrea? No, no. What is this? Tell me more. Yeah, so um, Ashley had seen comparisons to My Dress Up Darling, like who's the better waifu in which show and some of that, and, and heard it was good. So we started it, got through the first five episodes, and it, it's a lot of fun. After the first episode, I thought, I don't know, this is going to be too obnoxious, and I can't watch two shows in a row with like horribly dorky dudes as the lead. Um, but it, in episode two, it changes. It's like okay. enough different. And I think it's, it's, it's pretty cute and a lot of fun. So, um, highly recommend. I'm just, 
Bold push I'm just going to have to clarify the title here. Don't toy with me or don't you with me. Oh, I don't toy with me. Yeah, I miss I mistyped it in the thing. It's don't I was toy like, with that, me. That's a very like interesting title. Don't you with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, don't toy with me. All yeah. right. All right. Yep. It's a lot. All right. Of fun. That'll help when I go try to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And then I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West um, as well and uh, taking lots Shacker. of screenshots and stuff of that. Yep. Also a shocker. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I got to keep the Twitter feed going, right? I got to keep posting yep. a few pictures in, in, in the Twitter feed. So um, that's been that's been the big stuff this week. No Batman for me, that's sadly. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, see, chat is is blown up, so I'm not sure uh, what's happening. <laughs> here. Um, We've got quite the international both, audience. Yeah, both talking a little bit about um, some anime. That's great. Um, I do. Uh, I did this morning. I should. I guess should I say, say that. Quick I guess. plug. Quick plug. Yeah, I did this morning a show talking about. Um, you know, I have kind of separate thing to talk about, just anime more specifically, um, and. That's kind of random, but the video is on YouTube now, and we talked about Demon Slayer a lot on there in a spoilery fashion of season two. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about Dragon Ball as well, because because we had to. And my my guest on there is a big Dragon Ball fan, so mm-hmm. so for sure to check that out. Um, all right, news. We don't have a lot, but being we're talking about anime, we might as well go into the. The first story, the other story for us here. Um, Absolutely. It's known now. It's been a few days, but Funimation is uh, being absorbed by Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of expected this or something like this to happen when Sony bought. Uh, they had already owned Funimation and then they bought Crunchyroll as well. Mm-hmm. And so if we look back on this podcast, we've had our conjecture of what we thought they would do. Is this uh, what you thought they would do, Andrea? Yeah. 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 Keep I mean, honestly, brand. yeah, it, it just makes sense to me, truly. I mean, people generally, I think with these sort of things, like not having to have multiple platforms, like it's it, they enjoy the ease of like one big home for everything. And I think Crunchyroll was the way to go instead of Funimation. <laughs> Emily, you're very silent, very quiet on this. Uh, are you? Yeah. We got to get you into anime. Yeah, apparently. I was just thinking about like immediately I went to, ooh, Crunchyroll. That sounds really good. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I don't know what a Crunchyroll is, that's, but I want to eat that's it. Some, that's <laughs> some classic pregnancy brain right there. Yeah, I went right to like, ooh, is this like a, like ooh, a sushi? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It definitely is like a sushi roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I'm I'm there with you. That sounds great. And uh, Funimation, that sounds entertaining as well. But I think that mm-hmm. the surprising thing to me with it, it seems like they may be just dissolving the Funimation brand. I don't know if that's confer- confirmed yet. It just seems like mm-hmm. that's kind of going away, where I figured it would still be more like Crunchyroll, the streaming service, and you would still have Funimation that would be like buying the rights to shows and stuff and maybe it really is more of a merger than i thought mm-hmm. and it's just all going to be under the crunchy roll name now 
I don't know. But yeah, I talked about this. It doesn't really say or confirm that Funimation will be dissolving. Just wasn't the wording like going oh, away it'll from only the Funimation branding? Yeah, Funimation will only add new episodes of continuing series. No, that's that's only on the platform though. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how that's going to work, I guess, going forward, if they're still going to have their own, you know, kind of studio underneath Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm. I mean, Unclear. I guess it's, it seems redundant, maybe, at this point. So they'll just get rid of it. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Well, so we got Francesca and uh, I am Remuro in the chat. Emily here is not an anime. This is a mission for you to suggest. We'll, we'll bring up whatever you, th you can take your time and think about it. Each give us one show that if Emily is not into anime, what should she start with? That's, uh, mm. that's a good project here. Um, I, I did a talk on, my, uh, on the um, anime show a little bit too about people's concern of, again, we have this in the video game space. And now we have it in this space as well. The consolidation we have, right. you know, one of the biggest competitors to Crunchyroll was Funimation. You know, they were the mm -hmm. two like primary anime streaming services. Now they're under the same company and melding into one thing. Um, I think it's a concern, but at the same time, I understand those companies needing to be able to compete with the likes of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Yeah, I um I mean there's nothing to say that that they couldn't, you know, split in the future or, you know, Crunchyroll gets so big that like something new branches off, you know, like anime would get big enough for something to like branch off again. But you're right, right now isn't the moment. Like it isn't the moment for them to be competing against Netflix and Hulu and, you know, everybody else who's out there. Um, so, so I don't know enough about this. Like, is anime something special in that it really is all produced through its own platforms and you couldn't produce the shows and then sell them to these other? Oh, it definitely is. Oh, yeah, sold definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's usually, usually the way it works generally is that you have studios in Japan that will make shows and then you, they need to be brought to the West and some licensed in the West. And so you'll have Netflix or Crunchyroll or Funimation. They'll, oh, they'll yeah. be the one to, yeah, to license it in the West. And so they'll bring it over and they'll get the English voice acting uh, potentially and all that stuff. And then put it on whatever streaming service. And so it used to be, there was a lot of companies they would bring it and then, you know, they put it on DVD and then for a while it would be, they would bring it over and then they would have that go to someone's streaming service. Mm -hmm. And now like those companies would just kind of like become, you know, Funimation did this and they just became the streaming service too. So mm -hmm. Funimation will buy the rights to localize and distribute in America and and there are so they're, cases they're not actually producing the content it. then they're right. okay now they're they are starting to do that more mm -hmm. so in like netflix in particular you'll have something that netflix funded to be made in japan so they will go to whatever studio maybe it's mappa or whoever bones or whatever they'll go to them and pay them 
write them, give them the bag mm -hmm. to make a show exclusively for their service. So as it gets more and more popular in the West, I suspect that will continue to be more prevalent. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, let's see. Let's check in what our followers here are suggesting. Um, Saint Seiya could be a great one. Um, and also Arcane. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to throw down the hammer on that one. Say it's not anime. So that one does not count. He, it he but it's so it. good. It's so good. So watch it. If you I'm haven't. not saying you can't watch it. I'm just, you yeah, know, no, no, I get it. Uh, I get it. I get what it. is it that makes it not anime then? Because that sounds very specific then. Criteria. <laughs> OK, it All is. Right, so I, I believe I feel that probably in the next decade or two, this is going to start changing quite a bit. Um, oh, I remember was coming up with something here. Uh, uh, okay, so this is what I am Imuro saying. It's always a misconception mm -hmm. that anime is just animation, but Japanese anime is or our anime shows is from Japanese or manga. Um, okay, yeah, I think he's on the same page as I am here. So to me, is cartoons from Japan. We started calling them Japanimation as an mm -hmm. animation from Japan. Mm -hmm. And we shortened that eventually to anime. And so to be anime in my book, it has to have come from a Japanese studio. So anything that would be animated and coming from a Japanese studio would be anime. That's mm -hmm. that would be what I would consider, yes. Okay. Because anime is short for Japanimation, which is short for Japanese animation. <laughs> and so uh, I think it's one of those things. It's, it's a term, though, that's just going to kind of keep getting watered down over the years as it gets more yeah. popular, more people get their hands on it. Like it's, you know, people are calling Castlevania Netflix animation or anime. And it's not. It's it's funded by Netflix, made by Koreans. It's an it's animated not. series. Right, right. But, you know, like the line, get, again, the line starts getting blurred. What does it matter if like most of, if the studio is housed in Japan, but then the director is Korean and most of the people are Korean or Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's, it's going to get whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, right. I would, I would agree though. Watch arcane. It's so good. <laughs> um, all right. One more news story before we get to raised by wolves and it's not a happy one. No, it's not. I mean, it is It is kind of, like, cool, but it's not happy. Um, unfortunately, Alan Ladd Jr. Uh, has passed away, and he was the studio executive and producer who greenlit the very first Star Wars movie. So we have Alan Ladd Jr. in part to thank um, for the beginning of such a rich and, and like, well-built and well-produced universe that people know and love. Uh, he helped make that happen. Yeah, I didn't recognize the name at first um, until I, I looked at his picture and stuff. I was like, oh, yes, I've seen this guy a lot. Watch right. a lot of behind the scenes, like how Star Wars came to be, all that. Intimately involved in the beginning of that uh, process. So... Mm -hmm. Probably pretty fair to say we wouldn't have Star Wars and wouldn't have something for me to complain about on a weekly basis. If it wasn't <laughs> for him, 
you know we complain so. because we care that's right <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah uh definitely definitely a name that like kind of caught at the back of my mind and like you said when i saw his picture i was like ah this guy like you know the the, the definitely like the guy who's been in a million like black and white shot of like behind the scenes star wars with george lucas and you know definitely knew him kind right. of tangentially but didn't know kind of the critical role he played in um you know helping and and aiding and soliciting george lucas to like write this so right yeah it, a very integral part of the beginning of the star wars cinematic universe yep and i didn't realize until i was reading through because i i honestly had never heard of him and agree like mm -hmm. i looked at the pictures like oh yeah that guy looks kind of familiar um but right but i hadn't really heard of him and i was looking through like his his cinema cin cinematography list the right word like when sure yeah his list it's is like huge movies that he mm -hmm. has been involved in um everything from braveheart to alien and star wars mm -hmm. like it's he he had his like he was in a lot of things and so right. it was really interesting reading about him and right yeah. excellent career mm -hmm. you can say you've been a part of movies like that cheers yeah. right yep and that's kind of the way you want to be involved, right? You want to not, you want to have that anonymity a little bit, but you still mm -hmm. can feel, you know, like you're a big like part of it. You made it happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're a big part of it, but you don't have to wear a baseball cap and sunglasses everywhere you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. yep. Um, all right. So Raised by Wolves, mm -hmm. season two. Um, so appreciate everybody in the chat, um, tuning in and everything. We are going to get spoilery now about raised by wolves season two. Mm -hmm. We're all the way caught up. So we're going to be talking about, uh, most specifically episodes five and six, um, only two episodes left now after these, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, we, um, where we want to start. I think this show's been crazy. So first we should talk, Emily, what, what's your been, been your thoughts up to this point of Raised mm -hmm. by Wolf season two? Like how did season one kind of end for you? Um, how'd you feel about that? How'd you feel about the opening of this season? How has it been paced and, and I mean, all that stuff? I felt like they didn't answer any of the questions that I had left over from season one. And I feel like season two is almost like a whole different story starting with like, and, and maybe I just was not paying attention enough to be like, when, when did the atheists get here and how did they get here? And mm. what, like, why were there multiple ships? And, and I, I felt like there were a lot of things that happened in the second season that were really new plot lines and a lot of new characters and storylines but didn't really resolve a lot of the questions that i had from the first season um but i enjoyed that it went to new places and okay yep they they introduced like the atheist right at the like right at the end yeah. of season one but it was confusing it was like like mm -hmm. you say where did these guys come from because yeah. we talked about that um previously how the season one ended with so such fast paced what is happening kind of things mm -hmm. thrown at you that i feel the show would have really benefited from that not being how they ended season one mm -hmm. maybe how they started season two because it was just i get they're trying to leave you on a cliffhanger and some of that 
but it was too but much. What is what is happening here? Yeah, there's a cliffhanger, and then there's you sitting at the, like staring at the screen, going, "What the fuck?" Like, uh, you know, where did where did yeah. all this come from? Mm -hmm. I had to go back after the first couple of episodes and be like, wait, why did, why did they think that the baby was evil again? Like, I don't even remember what, what happened that made them think that. And there was a lot, like it's so much happened in that last, you know, episode or two episodes. Actually. Yeah. I had to go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, the beginning now of season two, did it, did you get, did it feel pretty clarified to you? Does it, do you like how it, branched in this new direction so quickly and we had uh newest you know we're on the other side of the planet basically yeah i think so because i felt like also they kind of maybe tapped the story that could have happened on the like uh, the the prequel almost of you know the the children in the desert and the robots by themselves and the the kind of stark setting of that so it was nice, I thought, to have a very visual change and then to have these whole other themes that could be brought in um, and more history and context for the Mithraic and the atheist conflict and a lot of like that, more of the human side of it contrast with what the robot side of it had been doing in that sure. first season. So Something I was thinking about when I was watching these last couple episodes that I should have been asking before or whatever, um, and maybe it's been answered in something throwaway or whatever, but I want to know when the Smithraic religion started and mm. was it what's it based off of, if anything? You know, why did that form? Because I feel like with the way humanity is now uh it seems unlikely that we'll develop a new large religion um to be followed by millions across the globe at this stage now obviously with the expanse of time who knows what happens but just with the way things are seem to be traditionally born into existence it just feels less likely so where'd this come from so did you guys read it all about this that this is this is actually based on a real religion mm. Mm -hmm. i had no idea no it's so interesting so it's a a combination of um mithras and soul and mithras was a, a um guess Iranian and then Sol was the Roman god and they got kind of meshed together in like the first and second century and it was this Roman religious um cult you know like along along the same times that like Christianity was developing kind of its following and there were still all these remnants of various deities happening in Rome and so it became kind of its own religion and as as I got really into reading about this yeah. and <laughs> there are some philosophers that believe actually that it could have been a rival to Christianity and it kind of had a similar around the same time that Christianity was really revving up the the Mithraism was also kind of revving up and they kind of the Christians ended up persecuting the um, followers of Mithras and soul and kind of destroying them but I think it, there was a there are some you know historians who think that it, it could have been the dominant religion um, if um, things had gone a little bit differently throughout history. Interesting. Okay. So maybe we're playing with a kind of a alternate 
what have, mm -hmm. what if timeline sort of thing. Yeah. Cause I don't see that, uh, resurfacing, but mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of neat. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that in the history of the, of this world of the planet, if that's how it went, you know, yeah. roles were reversed. And so they were two separate things, each with their own God, but they each were like a monotheistic kind of thing in a time when it was <laughs> it would have come have... from polytheistic sorts of religions where you might have identified one god that you were going to you know follow but mm -hmm. you were selecting that god from all of the many gods that you could pantheon. worship yeah mm -hmm. from the yeah the pantheon of whatever um culture you came from and so the the followers of this would have had like temples and rituals specifically around around this god okay interesting and interestingly a lot of the temples are underground so i was i was you know as i was reading about mm. it i was wondering how intentional some of the themes of the show are going mm -hmm. with that original religious context because there was um a lot of it being underground um there was some um the, the god, um, and I can't remember now which one, whether it was, it was Sol or Mithras, their birthday was December 25th, which is what ended up like when the Christians mm. took that to become Jesus's birthday. And then yeah. it made me think, oh, I wonder how intentional it was that there are all these themes of like motherhood and kind of virgin birth and also this maybe coincidental god that birth that's birthday became Christmas, like there's yeah. some really interesting ties. I don't know how intentional it was. Entirely intentional. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like to think that anyways, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. No, it's cool. Very good background. Yeah, no, I was, uh, it's, uh, I had no idea. So that's, that's lots of fun. Um, but it's kind of like, so then we get to see, so in the real life religion, they were persecuted by whatever it uh, was. So now we see in this world, they sort of did the persecuting. So they had the, the chance to be in charge, um, it seems. And um, but we get we're, we're getting a lot of role reversals here um, pretty quick. So episode five, if we get into the episode specifically. Um, let's see. We because we left off with the big. Oh, my God mother shut down the trust so um that was pretty we nuts left, i we left with some a couple of pretty big things what were, what were the other stuff i mean mother shutting down all. the trust mother yeah. taking back her eyes and mm -hmm. yeah. all is gonna live or die i mean those are yes. those are three pretty big moments you know kind of turning points here i think not, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, many of them revolved around mother, but for all of the characters and all of the like implications, these things were going to have. Yep. And apparently, Marcus is no longer charismatic and cult like without mother's eyes. <laughs> yeah. That's I, really I big for him. Yeah. As we see in like the first <laughs> five minutes of the, of the fifth episode, like everybody's like, oh, you're different. Like, oh, yeah. What were the it. eyes doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, ah. they were clearly doing something um, that was like well, physical, tangible, yeah. you know what I glow. mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. 
But I mean, like people were saying, like when they touched him, there was like a like a humming or like a you know like they could feel the radiation, which I mean, you know, immediately makes me think of like <laughs> that's like actual radiation. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there was clearly yeah. something happening. Yeah. No, I thought it was uh, I thought it was kind of interesting because you know I took note of how crazy it is that everybody's just turn on him so quickly. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. I, I thought, well, it's like, that's how our emotions can betray us. So they're basing this off of nothing but a feeling. They're mm-hmm. like, we're going to follow him because we literally feel something here as opposed mm-hmm. to, well, this makes sense or he proved himself here or whatever. And obviously we did have some examples like seeing him go up against father was impressive. Like, whoa, right. well, you know, how, how are you able to do that? Well, and I mean, everybody else, like, it's not only the feeling, it's like the, the visual signal of like, he's no longer got the veins, like something mm-hmm. is visually different, sure. like, you know, that, that could seem diminishing to their eyes. So it's, you know, like the, the multiple factors sort of compound each other and make them, you know, quick to turn on him. But yep. it really does happen fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I wondered also um, why why they didn't take a sign that he did not die from whatever the infection was. Right. They, they didn't seem to care that he Oh yeah. You mm-hmm. know, soul saved him or whatever. Yeah. That was pre though. But it was right at the same time. Like, yes. Back. Yes. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have known, you know, it would be like run out of the cave, you know, they saw that, then some conflict with mother that they don't see, and then... But it was like, that is like last gasp of like, Saul's like, okay, here's like your last present, you know, now I'm withdrawing (laughs) my favor, I don't, you know, however you would put it, I don't know, but you know what I mean, like, is everybody thinking, okay, well, that's like the final thing he Mm -hmm. gets, and now like Saul's like... By right. new profit somewhere. Yeah. So quick dump their profits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. I don't know. It struck me as odd. And we sure saw the uh, deterioration of his new flock fall quickly mm-hmm. because, I mean, first we have everybody questioning him. And then he doesn't do himself any favors because he takes the poor girl, Molly's tooth. Yeah. Why do you like, take her tooth? Yeah, it's like this was an opportunity to like Molly. bless it and be like, you know, all right. But again, we saw it's like all part of the plan. That's what they have to live up to so much with this show. There are so many things that only work if, you know, A happens before B. And obviously that's always the way it is, but the way we see them connect to make some of this fall into what seems like soul's design is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they have to really, that's something when we have an answer Mm -hmm. other than if it's just is like a higher power and Mm -hmm. divine uh, intention. That's a really big question to answer, Mm -hmm. like hard to be satisfying. So, um, but yeah, so sticking on, I guess, Marcus and stuff for now and that whole thing, we see the poor little Android girl come and take her revenge. Uh, I'm surprised no one could land a shot, but man, it was swift. Yeah. Yeah. She's just uh, tiny. Maybe she's yeah. just hard to hit. Mm-hmm. I knew we hadn't seen the last of her. Nobody, no. I mean, it's like the classic serial killer. You got to give a double tap 
Like they're yeah. they're never dead. A lot more for so, these androids. A lot. Yeah. More than yeah. You. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? It's just it's a, especially for an android. Like falling is such like an arbitrary thing. Like you didn't like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's like cut its power supply cords, remove body parts so they can't. You know. It's yeah. I just feel like falling and sustaining some damage is just like never like a surefire. They're done. So yeah. I what did she's you coming back? What did you think, Emily, in the previous episode where how they choose to quote unquote execute or deal with her? Like, yeah, it's it seemed like a weird thing to me, and I and I didn't really understand why there was so much like why Marcus. Ha- wanted her gone to begin with like they mm-hmm. like they use androids you know they're the ones who developed them and have used them and so i didn't really understand why he would even care well i mean this particular situation so he's developed a, a pretty strong distaste and distrust for androids um not a creation of of soul um but then more specifically in this case is that she brought um, Campion and Paul back to their place without telling them. And because of that, uh, Paul was able to bring the trap to the group and attempt to kill him and everybody else there and stuff. So it's yeah. like you, your, you know, your, your trust of this thing has again, like, cause us problems and look at Paul now. And so it's more also emotional lashing out, even if it's not her directly, it's like, you know. Yeah. And I felt like that was, it was more of a, yeah. Like it's a punishment for, for Paul. If I'm going to lose my son, you're going to lose your daughter kind of a Mm -hmm. punishment. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a variety of things. Like what you guys have said, I think, especially in the moment, it was very like retaliatory, like, you know, your daughter took my son, so now you have to be punished and and take your daughter. Um, I also th- I also agree that like Marcus has a very very healthy distrust of androids, which you know obviously has to do with his his interactions with mother. I also think it's um, kind of part of a larger a larger two prong goal of his. One, I mean, it it it. it this android daughter detracts um, his female companion. I cannot remember her name at this moment. It, it takes away some of her attention from him and like growing the flock and like promoting this religion. Like she has emotional ties to another being. And I think Marcus is pretty jealous and selfish in this moment where he's like first growing his flock. He wants like the attention on him. So I think there's, there's some like weird kind of jealousy there. Hmm. I also think that this is part of what we get to in the sixth episode where Marcus is kind of recreating this religion. You know, he sees himself as the prophet of kind of a new chapter. He talks about, you know, t- to the the guy who's been captured by the collective. Can't remember Lucius. his name either. Mm-hmm. What, what was his name? Lucius. Thank you. One who shoved the eyes down him to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. he he talks to him about, you know, like, um, so Lucius is, you know, telling 
um, Marcus, you know, you're not actually a follower. You're not a true believer or whatever. And Marcus is like, actually, I am. This is the religion of soul. You just don't recognize it without all of its, mm-hmm. like, trappings and excess and, like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think I think Marcus sees androids as part of that old guard trappings mm-hmm. of the religion. Whereas he's trying to, he thinks in his mind, I'm creating something new and pure just about humans and like mm. our devotion that doesn't need like android servitors and, you know, all of this different stuff. So I think there's some part of that that's being sown in episode five that we get to in episode six. That makes sense. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. definitely is uh, kind of rewriting a little bit or... um you know, he's he doesn't have all the the books memorized. He doesn't have all the script memorized, so it kind of behooves a, him he's a to. Prophet. Yeah, yes, right. he can so just kind of like yeah. move forward in this new like. Yeah. You know, I I I wrote it as like it feels very like Catholic Protestant Reformation. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this new chapter of the same religion. Mm-hmm. And and you know they're kind of getting a a rash of new believers, mm-hmm. but when. Wouldn't you too, or wouldn't it be difficult to resist if you're hearing a voice and you're seeing visions and all this stuff? Like, um, do you blame anyone in this show specifically for believing in soul all of a sudden? No, I feel like that's a big theme of the of the season and the last few episodes in particular is that we get almost almost it's more like rational explanation of what's happening like there is a signal there is something that's creating hallucinations and it's um i think even even the the you know the the atheist members of the of the group are saying like hey there's something like Mm -hmm. can't can't ignore there's something happening here sure like how sue put it in the do or marry or whatever her um puts it that like on earth it was it was just stories but on this planet it's real Mm, right yeah that's true and i i didn't really like the uh the talk between her and paul where paul's like what's the difference between alien and guy it's like well a lot (laughs) i mean (laughs) so you know i i i kind of get the the, like like ultimately if you're asking for something and you're receiving it like there and there's such a grand scheming element to this you know such power it seems i kind of understand that but it's still like an alien is a physical explainable thing that is able to exist in the known universe that doesn't have isn't omnipresent even if it might feel like it Mm -hmm. and it's not a creator as well, most likely of like all of existence or whatever. So I, yeah, I, I had a lot of issue with this, the the treatment around like this sort of like conversion of Sue Hmm. into like being a believer of soul. Cause she was very like the same thing. I, I sort of bought the, what if Saul is like an alien or, you know, a group sending out a mm-hmm. signal and it's so distant that on earth it was just like a distant memory or story here it's like an actual thing happening great like i am very interested in that like you know this seems to be logical mother heard signals like 
-hmm. you know, it's affecting everybody. Like there's something to go explore and find here. But then she like presents this explanation both to Paul and to Marcus. And they're both sort of like, close enough. You're a believer of soul now. Like, no, she just said, like, I think there's an alien with a signal and you're both talking about a God who's omnipresent and has a mission and a vision. And, you know, these are very, very different things. And you can't just be like, good enough. Like but she kind of softened on it. She kind of stopped but, distinguishing, but you know, that's, that's what I mean. They were both like good enough. And then suddenly she was like, praise soul. And I was like, that is not the same thing you said 10 minutes ago in the episode where you were talking about an alien with a signal. You know what I mean? I, so that's sort of like the, the Paul and Marcus acceptance. And then her just suddenly going from there's a rational, logical explanation that, that I find, you know, to have some sort of mystical elements to maybe to like, I'm in soul has a plan there, you know, soul's back. Not well done. Not well done. In my opinion. I think I they even go ahead. I was going to say it, it almost made it seem to me like that she was coming at it from almost a sense of like resignation or almost hopelessness. That like, clearly this is a very powerful being or alien or whatever it is. And I'm just going to give in to it at this point. I yeah, read I, just, it I didn't feel that transition from like, you know what I mean? It was so like rational and logical and interesting. And I thought like, ooh, let's go explore this. Like, why doesn't she go like find the signal or whatever to I'm all in on Saul and his big plan and we three have to do it together. Like, I, just, I, I, I didn't think feel even... that shift maybe even alluded to in the post like credit um, talk mm -hmm. or whatever that she's kind of resigning. She's sort of giving up something here to, um, to just be happy with her family. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, whether they're getting married or they're just even dating or whatever this, they move someplace, whatever it is, mm -hmm. they might convert religions. You know, yeah. and it's not because, wow, I really had a come to Jesus moment or uh, whatever. It's a it's a convenience and mm -hmm. it's a I this is close enough. I can live this culturally. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like with having Paul back when she figures he's firstly he's runs away and hates her. Then he's like she has to be faced with him dying mm -hmm. and then is able to have him come back from a crazy vision. I, it's just such a roller coaster of emotions and stuff that I feel that she's taking this opportunity to be like, I just let's mm -hmm. have this happy happiness and praise soul. Like, and, let's and I, I could get there. I just needed just like something a little bit more in the middle from, because as a viewer, I think I was disappointed because I was very excited to get into this mystery and we still could. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they haven't closed the door mm -hmm. on that. Um, but I was just very interested to get into that from that perspective. And then I was disappointed when she just sort of like shifted. And and my brain eventually, you know, kind of caught up. Like, I, I think she's just happy to be with her family. She's just going to roll with the punches. You know, they're they're all back together again. But I was also, you know, a little off balance from the other side. Like I said... She's saying these things both to Paul and to Marcus, and they're just sort of like, good enough. 
Whereas, like, I felt like they've been such hardcore true believers of Saul. Wouldn't they, like, keep trying to push her to get that extra step? You know what I mean? Like, Maybe. Yeah. Like, they, they just sort of roll with, like, it's an alien with a signal. And Paul's response is, like, what's the difference between an alien and God? And that doesn't feel in line with a lot of his other responses to other characters. Like when Campion questions things about soul and he's such like a soul is a plan and you just have to believe. And, and also Marcus with like growing his flock and like being a prophet, teaching soul's message. Like it feels odd that he doesn't also push, you know, she's already like tiptoeing up to that line. Maybe what I needed to see was like him pushing her over the line and then we see the happy family together praising soul. You know what I mean? It just felt like there was yeah. one one skipped moment. You wanted another, you wanted another scene. You wanted I another did. Scene I wanted I wanted one thing to tie us to that next bit. And mm -hmm. then I, I think I could have gotten there. But I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little nitpicky, but it just felt like I just needed one more. Well, I definitely was um so again more to to soul's plan marcus takes the tooth he goes down and the mm. tooth is in, is like interacts with him going down. like if he hadn't brought that tooth the thing would have never woken up mm -hmm. interesting uh that's very interesting and i didn't understand what's going on there and again the post credits they explain that this creature had managed to not regress like the rest of the creatures had on the planet. Mm -hmm. And when he came in contact with the tooth, nanobots released from it and like forcibly regressed him. Now, that was very interesting, but it's like that was not understood at all watching no. the show. Like I would, no. I, you're like, well, that happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I went back I and watched why, the but... whole scene again because I was like, did I... Did I miss something? Like what right. just did happened? I, did I glance away from the screen for one second and that yeah. was the crucial <laughs> second? Yeah, absolutely. So I I appreciate the mystery, but if they're they're creating it as a mystery like that, then they shouldn't be telling us in the post credit what mm -hmm. happened. Because yep. if you're creating that mystery, it should be for a reason. And that reason is to explain it later because it needs, you know, it can be explained later, not off screen. Or you, again, you need the one extra moment. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know what that moment would be, though. Hey, look, this I tooth. Does it look like it's made of nanobots? <laughs> well, it, I mean, you could like show nanobots. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Just someone, yeah, someone yeah, would that like that. Something. Yeah. Yeah. They have no, also like, with other something. other pieces of technology throughout this second season that we're all kind of like oh great there's you know there's just this little piece of technology that's going to be exactly what we need in this moment there could have been something in that moment that mm -hmm. you know explained mm -hmm. it well yep. the the tooth could have made its way to the archives first and been studied mm -hmm. and they'd be scanning it and be like look at the composition of this this is not just a tooth this is made up of tiny tiny little machines you know and then we'd have that that piece of it. We still wouldn't know why it would interact with the creature. Right. But at least we would get like, mm -hmm. ooh, you know, like there's something reacting here, not just mm -hmm. like mystical tooth equals right. You know. But it's very interesting because that means that the this uh on this planet now we have creatures we know the ones that they've killed that have been causing them trouble used to be some more human like thing 
So what kind of sentient thought does it, is it capable of and stuff? I thought that was a pretty big reveal, mm-hmm. honestly. And so we're, and he was holding on to a Mithraic card and stuff. And so, and, and there was, he's like, he was hiding from the snake that was down there, the giant serpent, cause they had the skeleton. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of setting up, what is this thing? It's like the serpents versus the myth, original Mithraic people. Mm-hmm. because then they were trying to open the box for the seed mm-hmm. and the serpents freaking out. So what do we think? What, where's our mind? Where are our minds going on this? Like, was this, this conflict between the two or uh, why? What? Boy, I honestly, I cannot give any guesses or theories off the top of my head because it's, it, I feel like the the mother serpent baby has, for being such a crucial storyline that gets brought up all the time, we do, we still don't really know much about it and its origin. You know what I mean? Like for being such a central character to a lot of things and and at the heart of a lot of conflict, especially between mother and father, um, and now a little bit between like Campion and the other Mithraic kids. Like there's still no like how this happened why this happened although there was there was definitely um something at the the very very beginning of episode five where paul's still like in his little sack created by the the gross yeah still super gross um but they they start talking about like what what's happening in there and how he's like changing like in his yes mother's like his dna is evolving turning into a snake snake yes i was like what is this out of left field like does it mean like a snake baby thing or does it mean something else the virus was created by the trust and so how does that make sense but But see i think it does make sense because yes like soul quote unquote i don't know whatever it is alien god whatever gives sue the vision to stop this from happening Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Like Paul's right. maybe going to turn into a snake and Soul can't have that. So yes. he gives Sue the way yes. to not have him be a snake, thus keeping him in the Mithraic camp and like beating snake people. Yes. Because because the this is a war <laughs> that's been fought for clearly a very long time and so you have the Mithraic ancient Mithraic on one side, there are these mm-hmm. like devolved humans and that still has some being that is like shaping the world in their favor. And then the other side, you have the snakes, you have the serpents because which, the which, with the, with right with the atheists. So the atheists and that whole side, that's all because the creator of mother and the trust is the one that in her visions and stuff, while she's plugged in impregnates mother with a serpent with a snake, and then is trying to turn Paul into a snake. And the snake freaks out when the Mithraic uh, box is about to be opened for the seed. So there are constantly these two forces at work. So you clearly, the, it's like the atheists are being controlled by a higher power as well to defeat the Mithraic. And the Mithraic know that the serpents and the atheists and all that are you know, it's, I don't know. It's kind of in a w- weird way falling into place, at least the sides of this battle. 
Yeah, the 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 why still feels like. Uh, yeah, why serpents? Yeah, like what's the atheist goal on Earth to like start an atheist society someplace and it's made up of serpents, or like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, why when everyone's fleeing Earth, was there just this one planet? Oh, right. like this is the only habitable planet. Oh, yeah. Are, yeah, where like where it started before. So clearly yeah. there was life here that your religions came from. Are they suggesting that life on Earth started from this planet instead? Yeah, I think yeah. that's an interesting. It's a lot of, yeah, it's a it, lot it of conjecture. They haven't quite laid it out. It doesn't seem like any of the characters, even the androids, like, and no one is aware of the fact that there were humanoid somethings on this planet or that there was any reason to go to this planet other than that it was habitable. Right. So is that just a function of this universe that yes, there are literally only two habitable planets and you came from this one and you went to this other one or is this still like being orchestrated by somebody yeah. else right. that you would end up this both at this place. Mm-hmm. Which I think is is a perfectly logical and reasonable assumption to make, especially given that in these two episodes, they talk a lot about reprogramming. Mm-hmm. And they, they talk about it both with regard to humans and androids, like humans reprogramming androids. And now like in this episode where like mother is talk, talking about reprogramming and like I just stopped and paused and, and reveled in the like irony of an Android being like, I can reprogram you like, oof, so good. Um, but, but just like the mere suggestion of like reprogramming memories and things like that to be something different than what they are is like such like a huge gift to us as, as an audience and also to the writers to be like, we could do something with reprogramming and, you know, have, you know, part this part of be part of a whole big plan that, you know, nobody is aware of because they're all reprogrammed and it's just it it was just such like an interesting philosophical avenue to explore in this very specific situation um and then also like broader for the show could be very interesting yeah yeah i can see that how many people have been reprogrammed by the trust Mm -hmm. kind of thing and then are you been reprogrammed (laughs) yeah well, so, well, so maybe we want to talk about that a little bit because uh, mother and father and um, going into, you know, they're they're making some odd calls and father does bring up, as we've talked about on the show, like, hey, maybe we're too becoming too human to make the calls that, you know, to serve the function we were originally supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother kind of shuts that down, but later sort of, yeah, maybe that's the case kind of uh, admits to it. So what do we think of mother and father in these couple episodes and how they're developing and uh, what's happening between those two? It's so good. It's so good for me. <laughs> like their, their like first conversation between each other was just like such a human and passive aggressive and like yeah. what about ism. It was just, Oh, so like I could just see like, you know, I mean, obviously not about like this subject, but just like see like millions of couples all over, you know, our, our planet here having like these same types of conversations about like, 
there's jealousy in there. There's, like I said, there's whataboutism and like, oh, you don't seem to feel this way about my kid. And like, oh, it's so interesting that you like bend the rules for your little thing and don't see it about my way. And mm-hmm. uh, like it just, it was so relatable, even though like the things they were discussing were just so like, you know, beyond what we have, like, you know, father's talking about his pet project, which is like an Android being and mm-hmm. mother's talking about her child, which is a snake thing. But the, <laughs> but the essence of it, you know, yeah, right. Oh, just so human and excellent and a great job by these actors. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt riveted. Um, I don't want to like just rush on for mother and father. I sure they'll come up some more, but we should also get to like in the next episode, we've got a few big things. So we've got the, the idea that uh, where we end with the tree and that coming to fruition, um, but then also um, mm-hmm. with Tempest. So this is a crazy, uh, you know, eventually you knew that this is was going to happen. So we finally got that moment um, with Tempest and it definitely kept me on the edge of my seat for what she was going to do. Yeah. Did you just think for a minute that she was just going to like throw the baby into the I acid? I did. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the fear Watch they the created. Whole scene that... with that expectation. Uh, that expectation yeah. and that dread. I was just like, no, like she's just going to, or the wave is going to come up. Right. Mm-hmm. Take them both. I thought about that too. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was scary, and and I, it is a failing of the uh, of mother and father, like when they kind of both admit it. Then at the end, you know how we failed, where they are so distracted with so many other things that um, they probably don't need to be. Like, why why does mother need to be worrying about trying to get Campion to go and talk to everybody all the time? You know, going, it's like, he's a kid yet. Okay. You, you got things falling apart around you. Let's not worry about getting campion to like make friends with all the atheists right now. You know, you've got other kids missing and running off and you've got one that very seriously does not want her baby. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that would be immediate, constant attention, frankly. And, um, definitely a failing of them as parents and as the siblings as well like what better do you have they already destroyed the one kid's game video game so you better spend all your waking moments with tempest (laughs) or something you know it's like suicide watch kind of thing like pay attention here yeah yeah their their kids have so many issues uh poor mother (laughs) um yeah i mean i i feel here I think mother is trying to follow her original directive and problem solve with Campion because their, their goal is to raise like children to flourish in an atheist colony and Campion taking over like the leader of the atheist colony, like as the leader, excuse me. I mean, fulfills that goal and also like drags him away from his like random newfound belief in soul, which of course mother is like, this is like the opposite of everything I was supposed to do. Like, yes, holy crap, this is not good. Um, so, I mean, I, I think she's trying to problem solve, but it's clearly not like I agree. It's not the most pressing 
problem of all right. her kids. Right. Like they even knew exactly when she was going to have the baby. Right. Like, they like, knew who it just was leaves her be that day for, for mm-hmm. five hours uh, beforehand. Yeah. Like I'll see you in five hours for the birth. Like she's been so traumatized up to this point that you're just like five hours alone is what you need. Yeah. She'd be in the the what they call it, the tarantula with Sue. Like, you make sure Sue is there and stuff. And like this is uh, right. Terribly, yeah. terribly mismanaged. Yeah. There was also I don't know. I found the entire conversation where. You know, she's sitting there telling Tempest, like, well, once you see this baby, you're going to love this baby. I found that whole conversation just, like, super cringy. Um, super problematic, yeah. And super problematic. And and I think the, the whole idea of, like, Tempest's bodily autonomy is another theme throughout throughout this. And, like, just the complete disregard for any of the trauma or, right. or her control over her body and her baby um yeah yeah. the former part of that was definitely the the issue i had here where they're just not there's no sympathy here like Mm -hmm. and you can't what can mother do to guarantee that you'll love this baby you know Mm -hmm. you can hope that you can hope for it but you can't make that promise you know and it's it's a lot of expectation to put on her and a lot mm -hmm. of like pressure to put on on somebody who's already clearly mentally and emotionally fragile and to add that like guilt of well once you see it you're gonna love it well then the the second you say that out loud it creates the fear of oh my god if i don't if i don't right you know what what does that mean about me as a person, a person and do i yeah. and yeah do i want to find that out or don't i or will i do everything to avoid that moment mm-hmm. so in a way like mother like creates this situation or like at least accelerates the pressure on this moment well and the and the interesting thing is like if with the way that maybe it's just a way uh, things were escalating out of control at this point and how many like uh you know pots pokers in the fire whatever you know that this was able to this important thing is able to slip slip through but previously with this kind of attention she could have aborted her own baby if she had chosen to. Cause I feel like before it's like, we're going to, you know, we're, you know, we want to make sure we're here. We're here for you kind of thing. And then that all just went away. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And so I don't know. I, I think that it's, was the show trying to set us up where she would have liked to have aborted her baby um, but felt she was unable to because she was watched or did she, is the show is telling us that she just really didn't know. She's like, I, I don't want to kill this baby, but I don't want to have the pain of looking at it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, be, you know, because then she's lost the couple that was going to take it. Well, the mother and father said, we'll take it. Well, I don't want to see it. I don't know. I, I, what other thoughts you have on it? It was like the whole thing yeah. for me was pretty traumatic. It's a, it's a fair, it's a fair statement to make, you know? I mean, obviously like mother offering to take the baby is a solution, but it's not an ideal one for Tempest. And I don't think that it should have to be, you know, it's a fair statement to make this, to, to wonder out loud, you know, would I, would I feel this way every time I saw my, my baby's face? 
uh, which she would if mother and father took it. Um, and, and she just doesn't have a kind of great sounding board. Even, even though mother should be kind of the one um, relating with her the most in terms of like, not that, not like her snake baby was like unwanted because she very much wanted it, but like, it's, it's nothing like what she thought. Like, you know, she feels now kind of tricked and betrayed into having it, you know, like there should be some more nuance, especially with her newfound human emotions that are emerging in her. Yeah. There should be room and space for those conversations. And mother's just like really glossing over it hard. I mean, mother went with a massive, you know, rocket launcher to kill her baby. So it yeah. seems like there there should have been some compassion there around like this. I can yeah. identify with this situation that was not of your design and you're trying to make your way through it. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even, you know, maybe even Sue, you know, something like that. Um, you know, going through I, obviously some crazy stuff with her own now adopted son. Mm -hmm. Or what's the name of the guy that gets along with father? Well, the kid. Oh yeah. 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 He's probably like, the most empathetic towards her. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I just, uh, I just, I don't know. It just was surprising to me. Um, you know, and obviously it sets up with the way everybody is like all dealing with their own things. Mm -hmm. sets up the the bigger tension. Like, well, what is she going to do then? Because we don't get those conversations we don't get the the sympathy we don't you know none of that so mm -hmm. and i but. couldn't remember too i had to go back and and try and remember from the first season if there had ever been an actual conversation or something about her trying to end the pregnancy mm -hmm. I, I, I think like there really was, early was. Mm -hmm. wasn't did. it having stealing the scalpel and stuff or something yeah. she was in she was in like mother and father's like dome globe thing yeah. yeah and she tried and mother caught her mm -hmm. i was like don't ever do that again yeah i i don't remember exactly the specifics but she definitely made an attempt but yeah. you think then after that point there would have been a more like they just kind of forgot yeah. about it at some point i think there well, was a extra protective nature at some point and then it just mm -hmm. sort of well, yeah. and I think because they felt it was resolved with, you know, I found this couple to take my baby sure. and she seemed so happy. Right. You know, I mean, there was just such like a reversal because everything was going to be fine. Like she was going to have the baby. She was sort of resigned to that. But she was like, this is a perfect situation. They want the baby. They seem nice. I'm flourishing. Yep. This is great. So they really relaxed their guard. And I felt like they didn't appropriately respond mm -hmm. to the trauma of you know, Tempest now losing that and, mm -hmm. and being thrown back into that uncertainty of what is going to happen. And I never really wanted this baby. And now it looks like I'm going to be forced into not only having, but also keeping the baby. Or being able to see it all the time. See or being able time. to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, she doesn't throw it in the acid water. But it gets Never. taken and absorbed, yeah, just into the chest another, cavity of <laughs> another. <laughs> I just what wrote. I the just hell wrote, was that? Yeah, <laughs> I my note on that scene was double ut actual f. Like mm -hmm. what? 
what? Yep. Like, I, uh, what? <laughs> They're throwing a lot at us with these people, these like ocean devolved people, whatever, yeah. and whoever they are. That There's a lot happening in these episodes. And why wasn't the baby hurt by the acid? Yep. Oh, when he like touched her because she got yeah. some burns. She got burned. Like that's what made her let go. And she was like holding he the baby. Her. Yeah, she was holding the baby, and then he grabbed her arms and burned her, which is like how she ended up letting go. But then he could just like pick up the baby, and the baby wasn't burned. And fold it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because is it something about like because it's like the first one born on this planet. Well, or because Soul commanded the one guy to be fruitful. And so that's what's born out of this. And so it's a it's a holy birth. The baby has powers. That's the real Messiah. The baby has powers. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. It could be. Because the the atheists are looking for the snakes to mm-hmm. meet a resurgence. And I don't know. Yeah, mother had her version of all the Mithraic. Yeah, yeah. Distinguish all the Mithraic. Mother added to the population, and so now you know souls got to add to the population. They each have their savior now. Mm. I think it's gonna come like baby versus baby versus baby. Yeah, yeah. Snake baby, baby versus baby. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting. I I thought we're just gonna skip twenty five years in the future. I found it interesting though that like at one point wasn't wasn't like the snake supposed to be like the sword or the the staff yes. or something in the prophecy and then that just misinterpretation. Got, like, I would yeah, say. that just yeah. got like thrown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, more questions there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely speaking of other to... births. Tree. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, we can talk tree. Um, so again, to the plan, like, okay, Paul at, just happens to ask Sue to sing him a lullaby. Mm-hmm. And she sings a religious one, and the thing opens up. All it needed. And, and what I wrote it down in the notes when it happened. Don't promise you'll do anything unless you mean it. And so this is a beautiful thing in a way, because she promised Soul, I'll do anything if you save Paul. Soul showed her how to save Paul, and in return, she becomes the life essence to to bore the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're writing a scriptures for some sort of new, you know, what what origin? What a story this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty nice, really. So, why does a fruit look like brains? It's pieces of her brains. I was gonna say, it's her, right? Like, I mean, why does yeah. all the fruit on this planet look disgusting, right? I, I know. It's like gooey. I would not and... eat the fruit on this planet. Zero mm-hmm. out of 10. Like, no. <laughs> Negative stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a whole sacrifice there, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, the tree, like, she is now, like, the body. And she, like, embraced it. Again, like, she went out strong. You know, I'm going to do anything to save this, this, who I've taken as my son now. And mm-hmm. I think she was ready for it. And like she saw when it when in her hand, she's like, yeah, this, she made the connection. This is happening. Start digging a hole. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was, I thought it was pretty beautiful really. And, um, not unexpected, but you know, pretty cool. And at the same, also when Marcus begins to realize that this is what has happened. I mean, I don't know if your mind would go to that, but his did. And he may, he realized, so. I feel like um, his brain would. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what sure. I mean? Like just, yeah. just being like so recently. Devoted and enough. Like, and... Yeah. I'm in the, I'm the prophet of soul. Like, you know, he would totally skip to like, my family is blessed. My wife becomes the tree of knowledge. Like I am the prophet. Like mm-hmm. Paul's got a role somewhere in there too, but you know what I'm saying? Like yep. his, yeah. his brain would definitely leap there. Um, I wondered too if that's if that ties in with some of what you were you were talking about too that discomfort around her acceptance of soul if some of it was a little bit of this like I have promised to do these things and so I just got to go with it now. Sure. Sure. She's getting new instructions. Mm-hmm. Go break in, steal the seed. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um the other thing I for sure want to talk about before anything we wrap up or something like that is Mm -hmm. about um, how it's pretty interesting that mother took, shut down um, the trust and now is ready to, she tells Paul um, that uh, um, I have to do what is best to help all my children or she tells mm-hmm. Campion this, tells Campion to do what's best to help all my children, not just Paul. I'm like, that sounds shockingly similar to the kind of sentiment that the trust would put forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's all of a sudden like taking on this role with not that much that's different. It's different in, in tone and that she has a, a form to express it and stuff. But I don't know. Uh, the trust has just been replaced by the trust yeah. in a way. And then she's going to go and openly martyr someone like this is such the role reversal versus like, it just shows that I, I just like the way this is framed. They have the, whoever's in authority here decides to martyr someone else, therefore creating extra strength for that cause. Because normally that would be the idea would be, you know, you do that to, to someone of a religion. Well, now we're doing it to the, I don't know, the atheists are the one doing it, you know? Because mm-hmm. they have, they have uh, Marcus standing there, renounce your religion. Is that really useful or beneficial to you in any way? If well, Marcus re- renounces his religion by force? Well, and also, like, nobody asks somebody the second they come in to renounce the religion. Do you know what I mean? Like... Like, who has ever, like, gone out and captured someone, brought them in and be like, hey, we got you. You want to renounce your religion? Like, nobody is that persuadable. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't yeah, try them out in front of the entire a, atheist colony. You know what I mean? A guy like Marcus point. anyway. You know what I mean? I, like, a leader, yeah. a prophet who, like, is totally sold on all of this. You don't trot him out the first hour that you've captured him and ask him to renounce. You can trot him out and be like, look what we did. We got him. Right. Mm-hmm. But, like, to ask him the question of, like, do you, like, renounce your religion? He's not going to do that in, like, the first 10 minutes. Marcus is a guy who, like, if he breaks, it's going to be a while. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe don't, you know, give him that platform to talk about, like, his religion and he's not renouncing it yet. 
Yeah. Just a thought. Mm -hmm. I thought she, like, really the only part that made sense to me was the point that, like, well, if you kill him, you prove that he is not immortal or, you know, magical. So, you accomplish that. Yeah. It's true. But you make anyone that believes, you know, that he's willing to die for his, with his belief. Which... Which is funny because she doesn't really know that Marcus doesn't really have a following anymore because Android girl (laughs) Mm -hmm. took him out. So, you know what I mean? Like, if you kill Marcus and, like, maybe Paul, Paul believes, you know, Sue at that that particular moment, you know, she, like, believes in, like, an alien signal could have gone back stronger towards, like, the alien signal business rather Mm -hmm. than coming around to Saul. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you kill Just Marcus. That, maybe yeah. maybe Paul is pissed. Uh, Campion's not anymore, I don't think, because he figured out that grandmother or whatever we're calling father's new android friend was the thing he saw that he thought was Saul but isn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so really you've only got Paul who would care that Marcus dies. Well, and, been a big problem solved yeah. right there. Well, and, and Sue, I mentioned Sue, but you know, I think. I mean, yeah, she would, she would have cared. I think she would have cared more because of Paul rather than herself. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's the following scenes that get her I mean, like suckered back into caring. They were, you know, they were a couple for a long time. They fought war together. You know, they were, you know, they were in love. They, they killed people and took their face to, you know, like they lived this lie together for a long time. So I think it's a pretty big betrayal when things split up, but then she also apologizes. Like, I thought you were nuts, but I'm hearing this voice now too, Mm -hmm. you know? And so to me, it was, I, I mean, immediately knew, of course, this happy moment was, wasn't going to last, but like, I thought all that rang true. You know, Paul was like back. He's okay accepting, like, these are my parents. Mm-hmm. Sue and Marcus are like, you know, we can, we can forgive each other. Like, we're, we're back. It's like, it really felt like a family unit there. And I think that that shows too in Marcus's reaction at the end. You're not only in Sue's apology to Marcus, but then uh, Marcus's reaction when she's, when she realizes she's dead. Mm hmm. So like I I I yeah what's or yeah yeah live in a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. I don't know I don't know what the rules are. Like the tree could open up a cavern and a Sue could be inside, much like the people with the baby. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of that classic. Like we didn't actually see what happened to her, so they left the door a little open. Right. Like I'm not holding out a ton of hope, but like maybe. Yeah, I'm glad we got a lot of Sue because I felt, uh, you know, I'm sad she's gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, yeah, you know, like you were talking, she was the one that was pushing for the, you know, investigation of the signal. She was the one that was on to mother with having the snake baby, you know. Yeah, I I felt like I felt like in in episodes like three and four, she was kind of like blippy, like in and out. And then in Mm -hmm. these two, there was like a hard push to focus on her which was a good thing to like sort of bring her back to the forefront so that we could miss her now that she's a tree. Yeah. I definitely like wrote down when she went in 
to Paul's chamber there in her hazmat. I'm like, have you not seen Alien? I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, really, Scott's attached Girl. to this. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> Girl. And then she just takes it off. I know. Yeah. I, well, what you do? Thing. And she's I fine mean, somehow. It's a vision. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. I, that, that was, was crazy. That was a great trick. Um, I guess uh, you did bring it up, grandmother. Um, I thought there the, there was a lot of assumptions being made about grandmother mm-hmm. and the way that uh, I don't know. It's very forward of mother to shut her down. Kind of understandable. Like we don't know, you know. Um, but I don't know. Again, a very big mystery, a yeah. very big time distraction for them when they again could have been focusing on Tempest. Um, but yeah. But it was such like a great, again, like contributing to their like humanity, you know, there was jealousy, there was interest, there was a little something for father. Like you were saying, you know, there could be like a love triangle for father and she just straight out is like, oh, are you my partner? And father's like, oh, I'm not your partner. (laughs) There was like a little flirting going on there. If androids can flirt. I mean, like (laughs) her hips are way bigger than mine. I right. Look at this. (laughs) Got it working. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then but then they were so similar. Like mother says, like, you know, they're they're built from like similar processors. And, you know, the way that like mother activates and like holds herself up, like grandmother does the same thing when she sort of like activates into whatever that gold mode is. You know, there there was a lot of possibility there for mother being threatened and father Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, breaking from his partnership, which. They, they kind of had to drop because, of course, so many other things had to happen yeah. in these two episodes. But now we have space to pick that back up. And mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued. Yep. So what are we missing? Anything that um, has gone unsaid people want to talk about? or Stones unturned? Yeah. Anything you guys felt like I, I felt like I had a lot of reactions to these two episodes. So we're, and we're covering them free to in the right over to jump in <laughs> order. Cause I feel like every couple episodes has been the big cliffhangers. We're now again at a big cliffhanger. Like, man, what's going on? So many, I hope they don't leave the season with too many yeah. questions, yeah. but I hope they learn their lesson from season one. Um, I, I did have like a note at the end of five when we kind of like hear the voices going on. Did anybody else like feel like the voice could maybe be the trust at all? I'm still stuck on the idea that it was like super easy for a mother to shut down the trust and that there's maybe like a backup trust somewhere sending out these signals or like it's not really shut down. I'm firmly on the idea now that the trust, the atheists, the programmer of mother, all this, this is the serpent atheist side. And on the other side, we have the Mithraic, the devolved humans mm-hmm. and, um, and the voice of Saul. And so I so, feel that so those the are the voice two of separate Saul things. isn't like an alien thing. It could be, but of, of those like, creatures, maybe, it, well, 
alien slash mithraic because I feel like these creatures that have devolved, maybe there's some part of the planet where they instead continue to advance as opposed to regress into these okay, creatures. And so yet. they're the, yeah, they're still like scripting things. Yeah, they're still, but I feel like the mithraic slash aliens, they're one thing. And then we have snakes and atheists on the opposing side. Okay. Nobody is interesting because nobody is consciously aware of any plan. Like right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so, understands a grand scheme. So we don't yeah, know. They know they're like core directives kind of thing. Yeah. We don't know who on, we don't have a name for somebody on the snake atheist side. That is the, the, the visionary or the, person like it seems like it's soul on the you know on the mm-hmm. mithraic side like maybe this entity that is that is driving all of it yeah i mean it was first the campion. trust though i think first so, campion yeah, was first it campion. Or, or was the i trust mean the, the, really the just col- another yeah i mean the, the way the collective controlled. yeah the way the collective behaved they it felt like they thought it was the trust but so the architect if, if of the trust is, but I mean, they never mention him. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no mm-hmm. like reverence of like Campion the architect because you're not supposed to as an atheist, right? You're not but that's supposed what I'm to have so a religion. They're not supposed to, so they didn't center it around a person. They centered it around a machine. Yes, and they're not seeing so, the irony so there's of like their that, own. Yeah, things. exactly. There's a transference there, and they think like, oh, we're just like you know, believing in intellect, but in a very logical, reasonable fashion, because, you know, look at all these steps of why it's better. They're not really acknowledging their own, like, blind faith in this, mm-hmm. you know, computational being rather than, like, a god. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like on the other side, it was the trust, and that's perhaps why I'm sort of, like, still toying around with the idea that the trust isn't really dead. Like, Mother didn't really shut it off. I mean, I think it can be brought back. I don't think it's gone. Like it's, I mean, I mean, look at the androids, how you can just pour some fuel blood on them and they come back from thousands of years ago or whatever, you know, like, so I definitely think it's alive, quote unquote, the data is there. Yeah. Also, I don't think it's it's on right now. Right. They don't really need it because if it, it seems like mother has taken on the same role. Mm-hmm. So what really is the point of like the trust other than that it was multiple ways maybe of getting to the same end well it shook the faith of the atheists because <laughs> if the atheists had faith in the trust mm-hmm. trust in the trust and now that's now that's been upheaved and uh, turned over and mother is in charge so now yeah the effectively we're getting kind of the same management but mm-hmm. without the faith of the flock. Right. So is this even more like true to an atheist vision? More to more true? Like there's mother less of the charge. faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's less yeah. like all our faith. Cause like not everybody has faith in mother. So is it, is it weirdly right. in a way more like, more like the ideal of an atheist society? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the it's just the interesting t- 
tack that they have taken to now demand that this must be an atheist society. Not that we are atheists and this is why we choose to like guide ourselves by logic, but no, if you don't accept this as the guiding light, then mm -hmm. you're out of here, you know, renounce it, quit it, get out, you know, like it spurs on anger. So it's like, I don't know. You're just bringing yeah. the problems because they're not seeing the problem with re organized religion being the fact that it's controlling of a population. Instead, they're mm -hmm. seeing, you no, know, just the fact that it's wrong is the problem. Mm -hmm. And we'll control the population how we see fit. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, so. It wasn't yeah. the control that anybody objected to. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like the matrix of the control. It's the parameters, <laughs> the belief. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's so strange. It's such a human thing to think. I, I love it. I, I just love how they're exploring mm -hmm. all this. I like the, the, the different take on, it. I like the, you know, I, I can't think of another thing where they explore a potential atheistic society that I know of or whatever, and how that would look. And, you know, mm -hmm. so despite maybe some of the fantastical elements that I'm like, okay, you gotta have answer for these, for these things now. Right. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. So. Agreed. Yeah, they don't have a lot to do in um, two episodes to answer all of our questions. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, I, but I do need, like, at least some of them. Yeah. Preferably a majority. Well, leave me leave me with less of a cliffhanger than from season one. Or maybe that's, if we have enough ask. questions right now that we don't get more dropped in the last episode. Right. Like... In in the in the last episode, grandmother births a snake baby too. <laughs> oh my god! God damn! <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, well, cool. Um, as long as there's nothing else to be said, mm -hmm. that is uh, raised by wolves, season two, episodes five and six. Um, as we've mentioned, only two episodes remain in this season. So we'll be on episode 99 when we cover the remaining two, the season finale of Race by a Wolf season two. So, all right. I mean, what a way. Episode 99. Um, <laughs> that's Popcast on the Rocks, episode 97. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for the lively chat. Um, you should follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Um, check out my morning show. I do sometimes when there's anime things to talk about, uh, you know, follow on Twitter, turn on notifications. So, you know, when that's happening, otherwise we do this once a week, please like share, subscribe, all that sort of fun stuff. Thank you to Killing the Flower for our theme song. You can check them out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Spotify, that's the one, not Facebook, <laughs> Spotify. Um, our podcast, this is available in podcast form as well, so take your favorite podcast directory and please leave us a review wherever you listen, that kind of thing. Emily, is there anything you want to plug or anything? A, a novella that you've written that we are unaware of or, you know, like, <laughs> novella. 
I do I do have grand visions of someday writing my own science fiction. I will get back to you. Um, nice. When I, when I get to the story of my space doctor. Cool. Uh, but can you promise us the exclusive? Oh yes, yeah. we can. I'll make All it right. official. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. Um, pleasure to have you back. It's great. Yeah. And um, Andrea, thanks for as always for joining me. Of course. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs>